0: Welcome everybody out there in podcast land. This is Bill of Bill and Kate, both sides of the medication cart. My name is Bill and over there on the other side is my lovely wife and best friend, Kate. (laughs) Say hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. There we are. And we are here to continue the story of the girl most likely to succeed and... Didn't she went to the most prestigious drama school in Canada? She trained there, and she was going to be the next grande dame of Canadian theatre. But unfortunately, she had a ner- what they call a nervous a break- nervous
1: breakdown. They used to call it. Yeah, nervous. You breakdown. don't hear that so much anymore. But yes, I had a nervous breakdown, and
0: uh, it it kind of put uh, pain to your career.
1: It derailed me, baby. Derailed you, sent yes. you off the rails. Yes.
0: We pick up the story. You decided to leave uh, Vancouver and the dreams of fame and fortune and head back to where you were from, which was Toronto.
1: Yes, 3,000 miles across the Rocky Mountains.
0: And in Toronto, there would be fame, fortune, and the payments were paved with gold. Yes. And the theatre was beckoning you. Yes. You're on an aeroplane.
1: I'm on an aeroplane.
0: Having a nervous breakdown. (laughs) Having left everything that you were familiar with on your way back Home Is that right?
1: Yes, but the thing is, is I didn't know I was having a nervous breakdown. Uh I had no insight. I had no experience of of mental illness in my my, uh, radar. And so I thought I was just going to the promised land. So not only was there fame and fortune, but there was also family. Tell me, who was waiting for you then? My Mm mum, my darling sister, my two brothers, my dad... My dad's wife and all my friends from Toronto that I had kept up contact with, um, even though I'd been in Vancouver for three years. How long had you been? Three years? Three years. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: uh, But you'd kept in contact letter, phone. Yeah, and I
1: came yeah. back to Toronto on a fairly regular basis. Like in when I did drama school in the summer, I went back to Toronto, you know, and I would get a waitressing job there or... Both my brother and sister are chiropractors. I would work in their chiropractic office as their receptionist. So the prodigal
0: child returns Mm, home, having just become, you know, the the next grand dame. Uh, Was the reception waiting for you? there There
1: was. They were very excited that I was coming home and I was coming home to stay. Yeah. And uh, the original plan was that I was going to live in Toronto with my girlfriend. But that's one of the places that things got derailed. I, you know, was was messy and took over and she had a new boyfriend and it was only a one bedroom flat and it just was not working out. So very quickly I moved to be living with my mother and sister, you know, because that was home. My mother, where my mother was, was home.
0: Did you tell them that you weren't well?
1: No, because I didn't know. I didn't know, and they didn't know. They just thought it was Kooky Kate. I mean, that was a bit of a family nickname, Kooky Kate, you know, because I was was out there, I was dramatic, I was um, free-flowing, I was taking photographs, I was hitchhiking, I was just a bit of a, a, you know, wild child. And uh, so they didn't know that I was actually unwell.
0: You said that when you got on the aeroplane in Vancouver that you had some idea that you might be mentally not well
1: well I knew that I wasn't happy mm. you know which is why I was leaving Vancouver and I was very sad you know and very jealous of the successes that some of my classmates were having and uh, I was very overwhelmed by the work I had been doing you know teaching at the college level and uh, doing uh, teaching and directing That's, not a, uh,
0: from my side of the medication car I am more interested in the fact that you didn't Tell your family that you were bringing some baggage back with you.
1: No, because I didn't know. I just thought that I, uh, you know, had to find myself in the next journey that I was on. And all the signals sounded very good, right? I got an audition as soon as I got back to Toronto in one of the biggest theatres. And I went out and I bought the play so that I could read it. And I was all prepared and I was all ready. And I got on the bus into downtown Toronto and the subway and... I went and I did this audition and everything was going to be fantastic. And what a sign from the heavens and the goddesses who were watching out for me. And uh, nope, didn't get the role. So, you know, there I was, the the girl most likely to succeed. And I was waitressing, as you do.
0: So you you went to stay with your friend. That was all on the cards, ready to do. Mm -hmm. And um, you made a complete mess of that.
1: Basically, yeah. So that didn't work out, yeah. And I and I was doing all sorts of things at the same time. I was chasing after a couple of boys, and uh, I was uh, I I went out with a friend, and I had a couple of beers out on the street, and I got a ticket for drinking in a public place. You know, whoa, whoa, so whoa, you got a what? I got a ticket for drinking in a public place. So what I'm trying to portray to you do, is that do you
0: get into trouble for drinking on the streets in Canada?
1: Yeah, this is this was it is you could have a drink if I'm not mistaken in Vancouver, but if you were in Toronto, you would get a ticket. for Oh, it. I see. So so there was a a big um, adjustment because Vancouver is much more freer uh, and Toronto is much more conservative. So I was I was adjusting to that as much as anything else and. Uh, And uh, I had a uh, little affair with one of these boys that I was chasing after. And so I went the next day to the hospital and I got uh, from emergency a morning after pill. So I was messing with my biochemistry, which I didn't realize Mm -hmm. was going to send me into this breakdown that I was about to have. And I went to my other girlfriends who had just had a new baby as opposed to an old baby. She just had a new baby and she too didn't like my behavior. So she said, you know, stay away from me, stay away from my baby. And I didn't understand. I thought that I was fine, but I stayed at her house for a couple of days and I was up in the middle of the night when she was up feeding the baby and I was doing yoga with the TV and, you know, all sorts of things like this. So so I, so I she found my behavior to be inappropriate and she asked me to leave. So people kept asking me to leave. I went to my other girlfriend's house and uh, she was complaining of a neck ache. I said, oh, let me give you a massage. So, um, you know, cause I come from a family of chiropractors. So I've got really good hands and all that. And as I was massaging her, I was getting really hot. So I took my top off, right? So there I was, she had no top on, I had no top on. Her young son came in and freaked out. That, you know, what are we doing, you know, um, rubbing each other when we have no tops on? And I, again, was asked to leave that house. So I had to find a bus to get me back to the Toronto, um, where...
0: my so, wonderful stories that are happening here. Mm, but were you not aware that you were doing any of this thing and it was totally... Inappropriate. inappropriate. Yeah,
1: inappropriate is the word that it came to be called. But at the time, not so much. At the time, I was hot. So what does one do when one's hot? One takes one top off, you know, what's wrong with this? You know, and, and the
0: Clear and open sense. I
1: had no idea that I was behaving inappropriately. And, and you know, I just, I took it on the chin that people were asking me to leave and I didn't really understand. I was, and I was also at the time, Bill, having, it's a sign, it's Mm. a sign type mentality. Oh, it's a sign that I shouldn't be hanging out with her or it's a sign that I should be, you know, back in the city looking for an acting job or getting a job ushering at a local theatre or stuff like that. But what it kept doing was it kept sending me back to my mother and sisters, and they lived a bit north of the city, right? So it was very difficult to find public transportation to get there. So I was hitchhiking from downtown Toronto and stuff like this. Again, I didn't see this as inappropriate, right? But hitchhiking, we're now in the 80s, and hitchhiking is no longer the mode of transportation. You know, in the 70s, everybody hitchhiked everywhere. But in the 80s, we were all worried that we were going to get in trouble if we hitchhiked.
0: Let me just take you back. You're on the aeroplane. You've come back from Vancouver where you've been doing some kooky things. Mm-hmm. You've been staying up late making vegetable soup and inviting complete strangers <laughs> in your house at three o'clock in the morning. To yeah. eat so now mm-hmm. the progression. You are in your friend's house. You've taken your top off. You're massaging your friend. Uh, it's hot. You're hitchhiking your way through through town when you know you shouldn't be. You're doing. So this behaviour, the patterns of the behaviour, it's getting worse.
1: Yes, definitely. It was definitely escalating. And it all came to a head when um, I went to this boy's house who I was mad for. I was mad for him. And I basically, you know, landed on his doorstep. He was a good friend, right? But he didn't, you know, share this same feelings as me um, that I wanted him to be my boyfriend and uh, so I stayed there and uh, basically my family got in touch with him and said look at you know when you can't handle it anymore let us know, please don't call the police on her, call us. And that's what happened. And I have very little memory of what happened there, because by then I was in full-blown psychosis. I only know that retrospectively. I had no idea I was having blackouts, because I was blacking out. And the only memory I have of that time at his house was him and I struggling with each other, pushing each other, and being at the top of the stairs. He was trying to calm me down, and he did did something else. He put to block me into the dining room so mm-hmm. that I wouldn't come into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what I was doing, what my behavior was. And anyhow, he was good friends with my sister. He phoned my sister and just said, get her out of here. I cannot take any more of this. So whether I was, you know, cooking or, or baking or writing music on his piano or, you know, which I don't know how to play a piano, but I'm sure I was pretending I did... Um, so he phoned my mother and my sister, and they came down. They drove down in Toronto, and they came to pick me up. And I remember being in the back seat of the car, and and this boy, you know, showing a pair of shoes. Are these yours? This, this top, is this yours? This piece of jewelry, is this yours? And them just trundling me into the back seat, and my mother and sister saying, you're safe now. Um, and I safe from what? What do you mean? I'm safe? So they took me back to their home, and I remember being in that back seat, right? And I remember seeing a um, a drain pipe that was painted like a rainbow. And again, I saw that as a sign. Oh my goodness, the world is right. Look at that beautiful rainbow. And I was going to my mother and sisters. And the only sense that I could make of it was that they were taking me away from this boy's house because I was going to marry him. And a bride mustn't see the groom on her wedding day. So that's what the fantasy was that I was creating for myself, was that I was marrying this young man and uh, I was being sequestered at my mother and sisters.
0: So you've, you've come home, you're in Toronto, and this is where you're from. Yeah. Your family are there, your friends are there. And straight away, well, how long, what What? are we talking? Two, three,
1: four weeks? What are we talking? No, no, less than that. We're talking four or five days. Four or five it days. It escalated very quickly. People start to push you away. Yeah.
0: People are passing you from pillar to post. Yeah. She can't be in my house. I'm not having her in my house. People are seeing all this strange behavior yep. that Kate is doing. And, and yet, Kate... He's not aware of any of No, them.
1: I just thought I was being arty farty. And as I say, it was making perfect sense to me that they took me away from this boy's house because I was marrying him so of course it made sense and then at the same time it was father's day so we're now talking mid june and we had a father's day celebration right where we all went out for uh, a brunch lunch my dad and his wife and my brother and my other brother and my sister and my brother's two kids and my brother's wife and right and i took my camera so i was throughout the entire meal up and down and taking photographs and 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 archiving this family gathering and it it was fantastic and thank goodness I'd come home from Vancouver to be part of all this right you know and I, I remember quite vividly my sister not shouting at me but very firmly saying will you just sit down and I, of course, thought that she was, um, you know, uh, um, no fun at all. And and there they were. They were nipping me and and they were um, cutting off my uh, wings as I was trying to fly around the table, taking my photographs.
0: So suddenly again, like you did in Vancouver, when you were getting on the bus taking pictures of complete strangers, Yeah, yep. you thought you were, you know, you were capturing the world, capturing these moments. You were, you know. Exactly. And you were in charge of the whole thing, the exactly. whole caboodle. So. How did your family perceive what they thought you were doing?
1: Well, they at first thought it was just Kate being weird and Kate hadn't been home and Kate was, um, you know, an arty farty and Kate was trying to be a drama queen and Kate. And so, of course, they just thought that it was me. And it was about the time that my mother and sister came down to pick me up at this boy's house and my father had warned the boy, you know, please don't call the police on her if you can't handle it, right? They knew that I was behaving inappropriately. And so when my mother and sister took me home at that point and put me in the back seat with a blanket, um, they knew that action had to happen.
0: So they knew that you weren't well?
1: They knew that I wasn't well. And so my family had a powwow and my mother... And my sister lived together, right? And my mother and my sister hosted a family gathering about Kate. And my father came. And at the time, for my mother and my father to be in the same house, well, that was epic. And so I, of course, misinterpreted this completely as I was thinking, oh, my goodness gracious, I have been home for only three days and already my personal power has meant that my family are gathered would this never end and when they sent me upstairs, so once again
0: once again the psychosis was giving you delusions of delusions
1: grandeur. of grandeur absolutely so from this
0: side so, of the medication cut, that's where i'm saying that's
1: exactly what it was
0: that you are the grand dame mm-hmm. you've been told this you're the greatest photographer mm-hmm. in the world there's yep. no wrong that you can do yeah and there they are and and the other thing that i had about done, you.
1: The other thing that I had done that had really prompted my mother and sister to have this meeting was I had gone out lying on top of their picnic table completely naked, wearing a fur coat because I got cold when I went in the house because my mother had the air conditioning on, right? But I was lying naked on top of the picnic table with garlic bulbs taped to my breasts because by now I had a very bad chest cold and I knew that garlic was good for a cold so why not tape it on your tits, go outside and bake?
0: So there you are. You've come all this way. You've brought the power from Vancouver.
1: <laughs> you
0: are the grand dame. You've reunited your family. I have. You've upset an ex-boyfriend. You've asked a, an ex-girlfriend to kick you out. Yeah. You've upset her son. You've upset the baby. Yeah. And now you're about to upset your parents.
1: Yeah. And and the best part, the best part was I was convinced that I was the second coming of Christ. Well, let's leave it there, Kate. What a fantastic, fascinating (laughs) story.
0: You've got off the aeroplane and in four days, being an actress, you've suddenly become the second coming of Christ. That's where we will leave it. Kate, thank you very much for your honesty. Thank you. And I am looking forward to finding out about your journey uh, of you thinking that you were Jesus. Is that right? I was, in fact. Well, you need this. And I'm sure that's what a lot of people did. Kate, thank you ever so much. Goodbye, Well, Next time. Goodbye. We will be back very soon, possibly this weekend.